You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. I say this respectfully. My name is DeVal, not DeVal and Kadeem. <laughs> well, damn. I don't necessarily want to be attached to your name neither. <laughs> good. Sometimes. Good. Because I am my own person. Dead as ass. you should be too. Deadass. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take pillow talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. This is going to be, I'm going to say, after, this was after football, this was after the gym. Not even going to say after the gym, this is during the, the, the moment of the gym, right? Mm -hmm. I was at this point in my life, I was about to turn 30, and I had to make a decision, right? Because I really wanted to do TV film, but I had spent the, the last three years trying to build the gym's worth so that I could support my family mm -hmm. financially while chasing my dream. And I got to a point where I was like, you know what, I have to learn how to duplicate myself and relinquish some of these responsibilities so I can go for what I really want to. Mm -hmm. So I remember it was January 2014, because okay. I was about to turn 30, and I had decided that I was going to focus solely on being the best version of myself as opposed to being the best husband for the family. Right. Mm -hmm. So I decided that I was going to take a pay cut. I decided to hire Dolo to take my position at PacPlex. Mm -hmm. I hired my homeboy Kamal to help him as a program director. And I sacrificed approximately 5K a month mm -hmm. to hire them as a program directors. On top of paying the 5,000 a month rent to PacPlex. 
to help the business grow. Mm -hmm. And I did that for the first half of the year in order to transition into focusing on TV film. Mm -hmm. And what I got from that was booking two national commercials. Sure did. I remember those. I booked my first <laughs> co-star. I, I booked my first co-star, I believe, with Power and end up uh -huh. becoming Omari Hardwood's stunt double mm -hmm. and ultimately put myself in a position to then become the actor you see today because I didn't in that moment say what is best for just the family. I had to say what is best for DeVal in this moment. And what what and in that moment, what would have been easy for me to say was, you know what, let me continue to just put all my energy into the gym so that I could continue to just be what my family needed financially. But I knew spiritually that I wasn't in a good place because I wasn't searching, I, I wasn't pursuing my purpose. And once I pursued my purpose, I became a better husband, I became a better father, and in turn, became a better all-around man for everyone involved because I focused on what I needed to do as opposed to putting all of the family's needs in the forefront. And it in turn helped the family because it allowed me to create, make more money and to develop another stream of revenue through the arts. So, I love you for that. Yes, and I love you for giving me the latitude to focus on that and believing me in that process because as you guys know, Anytime I started a new venture, which means I had a new program director at different times, whenever there was a transition, who was the buffer for the transition? <laughs> Kay was. So Absolutely. And as I would a do story, it over and over again. As a story. <clears throat> as you hear Dakota in the background. <laughs> as the story continues to unfold, anytime I had to do something for myself, Kay was always the biggest supporter. Me, myself, and I is all I got in the end. Is what I found out. And it ain't no need to cry. I took a vow that from now on, I'm going to be my own best friend. Yes. Yes. Until you find a best friend who allows you to be the individual that you were destined to be. Yes. And y'all just happen to grow together as bomb-ass individuals. Facts. Together. Facts. Well, listen, <laughs> let's take a quick break. Let's uh, you know, take a quick break. Mm -hmm. We'll pay some bills. When we come back, let's dive into this story. And let's talk a little bit about what that felt like, because mm -hmm. we have a lot of listener letters who ask us this very question. So let's kind of dive into the story when we come back. Sounds good. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deadass. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. 
That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurter to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, Near, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Okay, so let me explain to y'all why I felt like this story was important. So many men and women say to me, Deval, I saw how you chased your dreams and you and Kadeen chased your dreams. Um, at what point did you decide that you were going to go after what you wanted instead mm -hmm. of just doing what felt right in the moment? Mm -hmm. And I had to sit back and, and ask myself, like, Deval, what was it? Because it's scary, right? I remember when I was playing in the NFL, I said to, to myself, I said, you know, once I make that first quarter million dollars and I have some financial security, the game will become easier because I won't be stressed with living paycheck to paycheck and hoping that I don't get cut from week to week. Mm -hmm. And that stress never relieved itself because I wasn't pursuing my passion. So even when I made beyond a quarter million dollars, I never enjoyed the process of playing football because football was always a means to an end. It was never the end for the me. End for you. Exactly. So during that time, I realized that I have to pursue my passion regardless of how much money I make or else I won't be happy. And Kadeen went through a similar thing in 2007. Um, I was making a ton of money. She didn't have to work. And she had came to me one day and she had said, you know, I think I'm going to go back to New York. 
And I was like, why? Why would you go back to New York? Like, we, you know, we just got here. I know I'm on PUP, but we spend a lot of time together. We're making good money. And she said to me, she said, I just don't want to be a living girlfriend. And I want to focus on pursuing my dreams in TV. That was definitely it. And also, too, I had to have justification for telling my family that I was coming to live with my boyfriend <laughs> in Michigan. And yeah, that but I, part. But, but no, a lot of it was that, too. I say that in jest, but I did have to. I, I was looking to find a job. I just didn't right. want to be at home. I was used so, to having so being at home and getting everything taken care of and you being kept did not make you happy. It didn't make me happy. Right. It did not make me happy, um, particularly in that moment, because I, I was coming off of being um, in school for years. I have finally mm. got my master's degree and I was like, all right, this this is it. This is real world. I was looking forward to putting on my big girl panties and just being the woman that I felt like I was supposed to be um, that Part of which was a large part of it was starting my career. Yes. Um, and then simultaneously trying to do that while supporting you in a time when you needed that support the most. Um, but I'll never forget also to even dialing back to when we first started dating 18, 19 and your mom um, and my mom as well, too, in different moments that encouraged mm -hmm. us to be individuals. And we didn't understand it in that moment because we were just so in love. But at the same time, too we saw value in it as we got older because we we're did. like, wow, how are we able to even be what we need for each other if we didn't understand who we were, if we mm -hmm. weren't working towards what was really going to fulfill us um, to be the partner that we each needed out of each other. So, um, so yeah, that move into Michigan and me being at home with you while you were out there, I kind of felt like he was, I'm like, mm -hmm. this guy's out here living his dream. Although I know the NFL wasn't your dream per se, but, but, but in that was, moment, yeah. in the present moment at the time, I know that that was your goal. Your goal was to be the best yeah. Detroit Lion you could be. Right. Um, and I kind of felt like I was at home not helping to add to that. I felt mm -hmm. like my value was not just going to be um, only encompassed by me being at home to greet you when you got home from a game right. or practice. Right. I kind of wanted something tangible to stand on for myself to say, sis, you've been in school for the past 21 years of life. Mm -hmm. What are you doing to make yourself a better person? What are you doing to advance your career? Yes, your right. boyfriend makes all this money now, but he's at that time just your boyfriend. Let's mm -hmm. be real. You weren't my husband. No. Um, I was not entitled to anything that you brought through that door. No. We had no joint accounts, although you did take very good care of me. Mm -hmm. But it was a thing where for that security that I wanted for myself, especially starting to establish myself as a mm -hmm. young woman, I felt like I needed that in order to be um, the person I was supposed to be. But that also didn't change when we got married and had joint accounts. Like Exactly. You you just... That would, was my mindset then. But yeah, yeah, that was your mindset then. But when we got married and had joint accounts and I was still taking care of you, you didn't feel any more... You felt more security because you knew that we were in this together, but you mm -hmm. still felt unfulfilled yeah. because you weren't chasing your purpose the same way I felt unfulfilled because... I was making good money owning the gym and training people and doing all of those things. Mm -hmm. And even I felt good providing for my family. Mm -hmm. But I still would wake up some mornings and just felt empty. Yeah. And in that moment, I decided, like, I have to. I'm like, I'm turning 30. There's no more putting it off. There's no more next year I'm going to or I'm going to do it when I reach this milestone. What people often do is say, like I do, I say, well, once I reach this number and you yeah. give yourself a exactly. barometer, mm -hmm. then you say, then I'm going to. Mm -hmm. Right. And then what happens is, is that kind of gives you a, a, a little bit of space to where you say, well, I haven't reached the number yet, so I don't have to take that leap of faith. Right. Right. But then finally. Or you move the goalposts. Or you like, move the goalposts. Right. Yeah. But finally, you reach the number. Mm -hmm. Now I've reached the number and there's no more excuses. And 
once you've hit the number and you've moved the goalpost so many times, you have to face the piper, bro. Right. Like, like I, I want to do something else so I'm not going to be happy. Mm -hmm. And when I finally focused on being what I wanted to be in life is when the world started to open up for me. And my heart became a lot less heavy because I was doing what I wanted to do. You know what I appreciate? Sorry, can I just tell you real quick? What I appreciated about you going back to your story time real quick, because I don't think we touched on that coming out of it. What I appreciated was in the moments where you were focusing on yourself and mm -hmm. you may have felt like I'm not being the best husband right now or I'm not mm -hmm. being the best father right now. I never felt that. And mm. being with somebody who you can at least say, all right, this person is like on their own path right now. I know I have to kind of take the back seat some days. I just never, ever felt like a backseat driver at the time. I always felt mm. like I was alongside you. And I appreciate you for that looking back because things could have really went south with us. We did have some yeah. rough patches during yeah. that time because we were trying to get our footing. You know, we yeah. were still in Brooklyn hustling, trying to make all the things happen. Yeah. Um, but it's easy to say I'm trying to work on myself and then you really just kind of nosedive into yourself and yeah. forget about what's happening around you. Um, but you definitely found a way to just finesse that where I just never felt like, you know, yes, you worked a lot of hours. Yes, right. you were gone a lot. But I always felt like it was for us. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everything is for you. But even even the story time was me being a better version of myself for y'all. Right. So I guess that's probably why you never felt that way, because once you choose to be married, like we always talk about, you choose to be of service. Mm -hmm. Right. So everything I was doing, I was doing with the mindset like I have to do this so that I can be better for them. Mm -hmm. And at the time, this was before Cairo, Kaz and Dakota. It was just you and Jackson. Mm -hmm. And I remember specifically when it clicked to me. I, at the time, I was waking up super early and training Daniel Jean. Mm -hmm. Had to train. I had to be at the gym at five o'clock. Five o'clock, I remember. Which that, means yeah. I had to be up at four fifteen just to be ready to go to the gym, mm -hmm. right? And then my last client were my prototype moms at nine o'clock, so mm -hmm. I didn't get done until ten o'clock at night. So it'd be ten o'clock at night. You and I would drive back, circle for parking, uh, finally get Jackson to bed. Mm -hmm. Didn't really have time for ourselves. I had to be up at 4 o'clock to go train Jean, Daniel Jean, mm -hmm. then come back home, take Jackson to school. And I just, I just felt like I didn't have enough time to be present at home. So the push for me to do what I needed for myself was, and we talk about this too, if you had to describe wealth in one word, it's time. Mm -hmm. I needed more time. And the only way I could get more time for my family was to find a way to turn my passion into my paycheck. Mm -hmm. This way I could make more money doing what I love in less amount of time. Mm -hmm. Like I did not, I knew I couldn't survive working 16 hours a day. Right. You know, go, you know, pay, you know, taking client after client after client and doing class after class after class. It was extremely lucr lucrative mm -hmm. for us, extremely lucrative, mm -hmm. but I couldn't last that way. And you and I, during that time, remember, this was coming out of Jackson. We were struggling as a married couple because this was the first five years of our marriage. Mm -hmm. And I think this was year four. And you and I were like on the brink of not knowing whether or not this was going to be a forever thing. Yeah. You know, we always talked about, you know, knowing now that divorce is off the table. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, year four, I was unhappy because I wasn't living in my purpose. Kadeen wasn't living in her purpose. She was doing makeup. And as much as she loved makeup, that's not what she really wanted to do. Yeah. So we were both living and existing for the marriage. Yeah. Which sounds crazy, right? 
if you do everything <laughs> for each other. <laughs> right, if you do everything for the marriage or everything that's supposed to make the marriage better, you feel like you'll be happy until you're not happy. So you're working in an industry where you're not happy because you're helping make bring more money into the house. I'm working in an industry that I'm not happy in because I'm bringing more money in the house. We're both making more money. We're able to do the things that we want to do. And we're both unhappy because we're not living in our purpose. Yep, super And that's where individuality comes in. <clears throat> I'm going to go to this um, quote from Tribble. <laughs> the psychoanalyst Eric Fromm once wrote, in love, the paradox occurs that two beings become one and yet remain two. Mm. When two people fall in love, they experience themselves and each other as separate individuals with distinct identities and their own identities, interests, and friends. Their individuality makes them interesting to each other. But often, making a commitment to your spouse often inadvertently comes at the, at the cost of your commitment to yourself. yourself. But how do you put yourself first without neglecting your, your spouse? spouse? Man, that is that so deep. That question right there is listen. That's so deep. <laughs> that there's a question. there's a balancing act. Because how many times have you, for example, said that you felt like I was only thinking about you, myself and not you? When in turn, I feel like all I do is think about you and yes. not myself. And yes. how does that translate for couples? I'm sure there's a lot of times when people have the utmost expectation or the intent to make their spouse feel like they're number one on mm -hmm. the list of things to do. Mm -hmm. But is it always received that way? Probably um, not. Probably not. Because I know that's been a lot of our issues over the years yes. too. Feeling as if I am number one in your life and not just saying that the person mm -hmm. is number one in your life. Well, I, I think what the first step is acknowledging that I have to continue to be an individual. Because my wife fell in love with, with the me, individual. The, the individual, Absolutely. right? She didn't fall in love with the guy that was trying to conform to be what she needed. She fell in love with the individual. And it's it's realizing that, right? There's an old myth, right? One of my uncles, I'm not going to say which one. It was just like, if you want to keep your wife on her toes, don't come home the same time every night. Uh, because once you become too predictable. Yes, once you become too predictable, then it becomes boring. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. once it becomes boring, then it's just like, eh, it's lost its fire. Right. And I never understood what he meant in that, but now I really understand what he meant. It's like you live your life every single day to be like, my wife wants this, my wife wants this, my wife needs this, my wife needs that. And we constantly talk about being of service, right? Mm -hmm. That can become boring because now you become predictable in the fact that your wife always knows that you're focused on her needs, mm -hmm. right? But DeVal also has to invest in DeVal. Mm -hmm. You fell in love with DeVal, the DeVal that chased his dreams, the DeVal that chased his own ambitions, the DeVal that had his own free thought, mm -hmm. not the DeVal that just said whatever his wife wanted him to say. Right. But how often do we watch couples and now it's like they've merged into one being and there's no individual yep. thoughts between the two. Like they sit exactly. down and you're like, they literally repeat each other right. all the time. <laughs> right, literally. And also too, for us, I think it's difficult because we've built a brand around Deval and Kadeem. Mm -hmm. So we've even had the conversation even with our manager recently, like, hey, people have to still understand that Deval and Kadeem, yes, are the Ellis's with mm -hmm. the children and we're married, but we're also mm -hmm. separate entities. We need to be addressed as such. We need to be compensated as such. Um, how many times have you achieved something and people are like, congratulations, Kadeem and Deval, all you know, <laughs> all, all the, the time. time, all the time. All the so, time. But what, let me, Throw a monkey wrench, I guess, into this scenario. Mm -hmm. 
you fall in love with an individual the way they are and you want them to be that individual. But what happens when that individual over time changes mm-hmm. or grows and is no longer that person that you fell in love with? Mm-hmm. Does that become a deal breaker or do you work with the individual that person is becoming for the greater good of staying united as two? Well, I can't speak for everyone else, but you are not anywhere remotely close to the person I I'm glad you I said met that. That's where I was going with 20 it. years ago. Yes. You you are not. And there's pros and cons right? to that, I feel like. Yeah, there's definitely pros and yeah. cons. But I've also fell in love with the idea of continuously getting to know who you are. Because people often ask, right? I like that. How do y'all keep things spicy? Well, I don't know Kadeen like I knew her at 18. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be in my best interest to continue to date Kadeen, even in 12 years of marriage, 20 years of being in a relationship, so I can get to know, like, oh, snap, she's into this now. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, snap, she's not into that any longer. And those things continuously pique my interest, but also it, it allows me to find different ways to, I don't want to say impress you, mm-hmm. but to keep your attention. Mm-hmm. That's how you keep the fire up, Yes, right? Understanding that my wife is an individual and understanding that as an individual, I have to continuously fight for her attention. I have to continuously, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you do that in the dating process. And that's what's fun about dating, right? Mm-hmm. You, you pick up your phone, you text that person. How long is it going to take this person to text back? Oh, text <laughs> absolutely. Back. Let me see if they're available for dinner tonight. Right. Oh, they're not available tonight. Maybe they're available Tuesday. Let me wait. Like mm-hmm. that whole, the anxiety that comes from seeing if this person is going to be deliberate about Spending time with you during the dating process is what makes it fun. Right. The same thing has to happen when you're married, right? If I already know, when I come home, they're going to have dinner at 7. She's going to put on the same shorts. She's going to be in house she gonna be, you know, we're gonna, She going to fall asleep watching this movie. He's going to rub go my right titty and hope for something to happen. You know what I'm saying? Then it's not going to happen. Right. Then we're going to bed. Like, think about it. If, if that becomes what life is, because yes. you two have become so predictable to each other and lost your yes. individuality, mm-hmm. it's going to be a wrap. Yeah, absolutely. How you do know? we lose ourselves in relationships? That's a, that's a good thing. It. Let's talk about how we lose ourselves in relationships. So in the dating phase, we often present the best, right? And the most attentive, okay, version of ourselves in order to win the affection of our partner. See what I'm saying? So we are performing, right? Mm-hmm. And then in turn, our spouse does not recognize the parts of us that are not in service to them. Mm-hmm. Many of us learn that being in a relationship with a romantic partner, we need to make certain sacrifices and compromises Mm -hmm. all the time. Sometimes we feel the need to hide a part of ourselves that may not be acceptable in order to meet society's expectation. expectation. Here we go. Worrying about what everybody says. Society's expectation of what a successful relationship should be. Mm -hmm. And some people even hide parts of themselves from their spouse or not feel able to express their true selves in their relationships. So these are a couple of things that will help you to lose yourself in relationships. Right, so people perform. Mm-hmm. In order to be in a relationship, for example, we talked about this with the um, high-value men, high-value women thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I want to keep this person because I like them. So let me perform what I think they are seeking in a spouse or in a partner as opposed to being who I really am. Mm-hmm. So now you spend all of your time performing to being someone else that and what happens when you perform you get you get tired <laughs> and, you get and tired the stamina just you're just doing it up. you're doing it but before you get tired you lose yourself you're so, actually so do i really like doing this 
Mm -hmm. Do I like going to these places? Mm -hmm. Do I want to hear this music? Mm -hmm. And after a while, you kind of like, yo, like yo, I'm not even me no more. I don't more. even like the way this nigga chew. <laughs> I never noticed this chew was so annoying. People, Kanina's a, <laughs> she's a people watcher. She watch people eat. Like she's the type of person that sits there and holds her breath <laughs> so she can hear you chew and then be like, yo, why you chew so loud? That's not it. It may be that we're chewing simultaneously and you're just a little louder than me. And I'm like, mm. yeah. Who focuses on that? It's not a focus. It's know, just an observation. To me, the food be so good, I be focused on the food. It's then I look up and Kay be looking at me while I chew. She's not chewing. <laughs> Must like, you Yo, slurp your soup like eat that? Your food. I'm like, eat your food. Stop watching me. Oh, my God. Anywho, <clears throat> back to the topic at hand. Um, we, just did, we just did how we lose ourselves in relationships. Yes. So you just heard how we lose ourselves, okay? Yes. Mm -hmm. Then there's four reasons we lose ourselves in relationships. Mm -hmm. Instead of looking to oneself, one looks to their partner to figure out what they need or want. Right. Mm. That's a codependency. Mm -hmm. You know, um, hey, babe, where you want to go to eat? I don't know. What do you want to go to eat? It's like you just you want to fit in so much with your partner that you just do everything they want to do. Mm -hmm. that ultimately, you become them. <laughs> you know, we've seen it's this with boring. some of our friends. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Some of our friends, you meet them, they dating a Jamaican girl. They love reggae. <laughs> then they dating. I know they, who you talking they're about. They're rating a Puerto Rican and now they love Tito Puentes. <laughs> it's like, dude, son. When did you ever start listening to Tito Puentes? <laughs> but now, now you are full blown Puerto Rican. Like that's that happens to people. You know what I'm saying? They just want to be with their partner so much they just take on all of their, their <laughs> likes and their culture. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number two, lacking the confidence to take care of oneself. Mm. This happens a lot, right? You meet someone, and you think you fall in love, or you fall in love, and you get complacent with who you are, and you're like, oh, this person loves me the way I am, and then. You no longer take care of yourself the way you did when you were single. That part. And then you just let yourself go. Very damaging. The whole you know? thing is. Or it's just even me um, after children. Like we talked about this mm -hmm. in postpartum and stuff. Like I just want to be back to myself for who I feel most comfortable as in the body I feel the most comfortable in. And I feel like I owe it to my husband for him to get as close to his 18-year-old girlfriend back as possible. I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. Promises, I ain't going to lie to you, though. You know, if we, we gonna get as close as we transparent, can, right? Be transparent, me, I'm not interested in 18 year old Kadeem. Mm -hmm. I'm not, not even physically. No, you were oh, 100 no, and, I, you yeah. were 115 pounds. I was. Prime Kadeem is around 140, 145. <laughs> You've gained 10 pounds in the right places with every child. Wow, I thank you for that. So That's if we being honest, I'm not looking for the 119. <laughs> all right. Now that 145. I that. that makes my road a little you know, easier to travel, y'all. That 145, 155. Now that, now that, now that, that's you know. I got you. I got you. Okay, so um, where are we at? Number three, mm -hmm. feeling powerless to make changes, therefore over dependence on your partners, and your partner sets in right. Mm -hmm. So you get into a relationship, and say you have a partner that's just overbearing. Mm -hmm. Right, and they just want to control everything, and you just let that go. Mm -hmm. You know, I love this person. I want to be with this person. So whatever they say goes. That's an easy way to lose yourself, mm -hmm. and that's not a gender trait. Right, I've seen that from men and women. Uh -huh. That some people are just like, hey, my partner's overbearing, they're overpowering. I love being with them, so whatever they do, I'll I'll conform to I'll that. Conform to it. Yep. You know. Yep. Absolutely. And number four, over pleasing their partner, even when it feels wrong. Now you know what I noticed with all of these things. Mm -hmm. They all come from a lack of confidence and a lack like of self-esteem. Like a self very weak individuals, it seems like, and that's, or weak that's, mindsets. It is a weak mindset because most people who feel like they 
they can't find their peace and find themselves feel like they'll find their peace in someone else. Mm -hmm. So if I'm attached to someone else mm -hmm. or if I'm in proximity to someone else that claims me as theirs, mm -hmm. that's all I need to be validated as a person. Uh, and that feeling is fleeting. It is fleeting. It's fleeting because someone can validate you by choosing you in the beginning. But then once that has worn off, it's like, I don't really care if this person chooses me anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I got to learn to choose myself. Or what if you get into a relationship with someone who's like a chronic narcissist that's just like, oh, I'm going to just take over this whole person's being or whatever, and I'm going to be whatever they need me to be. Sometimes that's, well, that's a whole other can of worms. That I think no, 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 no. That's not a can of worms because narcissists often find themselves with people with low self-esteem. Well, exactly. Because narcissists typically have low self-esteem mm -hmm. and their narcissism is typically a defense mechanism to mask the fact that they don't feel as highly about themselves as they present. Mm -hmm. So they find someone else with a lower self-esteem to feel better about themselves and, pray on them. and yep. end up controlling and preying on them. Uh -huh. yep. You know what I'm saying? So it's important to note it's important to note that in order to go into a relationship and be healthy, how you feel about yourself has to be of the utmost importance Paramount. like it, it can't be after the fact i figured this out it, you have to be strong you have to feel strongly about yourself to say you know what i am ready to be in a relationship and not lose who i am to be with this person right i just want to share who i am with this person and create a life together that's exactly why our moms were telling us to chill the fuck out at 18 <laughs> absolutely because they were like y'all don't know nothing about yourselves absolutely. much less somebody else we don't know about boundaries. We don't know what we want to establish with ourselves much as anybody else. So That's totally, facts. totally makes sense now. So what are we encouraging our kids to do? Take your time. So we are encouraging our kids to take our time. But I did also say this to my son. We were talking. He has, he has a little friend. friend. That he likes. We have a friend. I'm not going to say girlfriend because they're young. They have they're, an affinity. They're 11. For each other. Right? <laughs> and they do have an affinity for each other. And they're 11. But I appreciate him being... You know, he, he courts her because he, for Valentine's Day, he got her something for Valentine's Day. And, you know, he's thinking about her birthday, what she would like. And he's worrying about being a gentleman and stuff like that. That's what I like mm -hmm. because he sees what I do for you. But then there's also, as a dad, saying like, hey, make sure you're with someone who is reciprocating those things. And you're not only doing those things just to be affirmed by that person. Mm -hmm. You're doing them because you want to do it, not because you're seeking that person's approval. approval right. right. And, we and then the person's going to be on the goodness side of his heart. Of course. Kind of kid he is. Yeah. But then we came up with these, this motto. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can never let someone's looks um, may be a reason how you control the way you move. Mm -hmm. Right. So just because you like someone and they're cute. Mm -hmm. Right. There are a lot of cute, pretty assholes, right? <laughs> and men and women. Yes, men and women. <laughs> yes. And this is the motto that he came up with. And I said, you, I, I couldn't think of the words because he's 11. I was trying to find a way to make it make sense. So I said, you know, you should never let a pretty asshole. <laughs> this is you and Jackson? This is me and Jackson. Oh my and God. he goes, control my emotions. Huh? And I said, yes. Yes. You should never let a pretty asshole control your emotions <laughs> right. and he was just like she's like so the moral of the story is i should never let anyone no matter what they look like or who they are make me feel a certain way about myself i said yes jackson yes i said and that's not just for pretty people other people that's even for me and your mom mm -hmm. no one else outside of jackson should be able to control jackson's emotions 
No one else outside of Jackson should make Jackson feel a way about themselves. But I do know how it is for young men. Mm-hmm. When you find that woman that you just attracted to and she's pretty, but that person may be toxic. And then you let that person control how you move because you're so concerned about being with that person that you lose the things you're, that matter to you. And you're acting out of character. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it starts from a young age and also teaching young people to believe in themselves and have that high self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Don't walk into any situation saying, I have to change or be a certain way. And I, this is why, I kid you not, if I had a daughter, because women have been socially conditioned to do this since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. If you want a man, if you want to marry a king, if you want this, you have to present yourself a certain way, right? Uh, what was the, the show we watched? The Bridgerton. 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 Yeah, Brid- yeah. We watched and a couple episodes all of that. The, the whole show is about how women have to present their certain way to seek the approval of men in high society. Mm-hmm. And if I had a daughter, man, the stuff <laughs> I would teach her about not conforming to the will of a man. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, like, because that's how you lose yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you're just like, okay, well, men like this. So let me like this. Right. You know, I remember there was an episode of, of I think it was Saved by the Bell. Or Saved it might or it might have been the Fresh Prince. Tell me the remember. episode, because you know I watched all those oh, sh- no, I no, frequented no. those shows. It was it was Fresh <laughs> Prince. And Hillary was teaching Ashley how to get the guy that she likes attention. So uh, Hillary had her dressed like her and she uh-huh. was like, You have to go Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I because you know, men like That's women they who like. are cute yeah. and aren't too smart. So anything he says, you gotta you gotta go. <laughs> and I was like, I wish somebody would tell my daughter to do that. Now I get it; it was in jest, and it was right. a show they put in front of it. But I wish I would tell my daughter to dumb herself down or act a certain way to seek the approval of a guy. You know what? I think helped me, I guess, in a weird kind of way. Now mm-hmm. that you mention it that way, um, having had a family or parents who were not proponents of me dating and mm-hmm. being this way and acting this mm-hmm. way for men and all that stuff kind of put me out there organically to be myself mm-hmm. and i went out there i guess into the world i should say mm-hmm. not really trying to act a certain kind of way or trying to pull right. a certain kind of man or right. so that in turn allowed me to organically be myself and that's what organically attracted me to you and we just worked because there wasn't a facade I mean, granted, we were younger, so we weren't necessarily looking for this, too. But imagine if I was conditioned or trained or, you know, coached into being some kind of person because that's what society expects or men expect. You're absolutely right. Your mom, and I remember from your mom never raised you or Sakari to act a certain way to get a man. Mm -hmm. Your mom's, your mom used to always be like, even even when we, when I was in the NFL, what are you going to do? In yeah, the NFL, she still does that to this day. <laughs> no, but I'm saying. Oh, Deval, you, you, you booked a show, your own show? Oh, that's amazing. So, Kadeen, <laughs> uh, what are you doing with your life today? <laughs> you know, it's literally the same thing. But but I, to go back to what you're saying, I think that that's really what kind of drew me to you. I never felt like you were putting on to be part of who Deval is. Mm-hmm. What drew me to you was that it was like, wow, look at this girl. She wants to be on TV and she's RA and she's, you know, she she wears heels and she doesn't follow everybody else. Like, cause at the at that time, the girls our age all had on Jordans and 
they were wearing tight jeans and polo shirts and they, you know, they would dress a certain way, but you came and you had on heels and you had on the khaki. Boots. Yeah, your khaki. And I was just like, yo, she's, she's, <laughs> she doesn't act like everyone else. Mm-hmm. She's different. Yeah. That individuality is what drew me to you because it, were, it wasn't like you were even performing for society standards of what a woman or a young woman should be. Right. It just seemed like you were comfortable being in your own skin. Absolutely. And I think with my parents, of course, they had still just like basic core values and stuff mm-hmm. like that that I had naturally. Mm-hmm. But I just never felt the need to have to um, perform or put on to gain the likes, yes. you know, of men yes. or women, you know, to, to, to make friends per se and to um, attract a certain kind of man. Mm-hmm. So I think that might have actually been helpful because I no, mean, it was. we've it spoken was. on the converse side of that of how I didn't necessarily feel prepared for marriage or relationships right. and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I have to give credit to my parents for raising me to be an individual. Absolutely. And and um, being adamant about that. My mom too. My, shout out to my mom, Karen. My mom, she was, mom. She was big on teaching us how to court women. She was. Right. Um, she Good was job, big, mom. Big on teaching us about giving gifts and being intentional and and being deliberate and also being thoughtful, mm-hmm. right? But she was also big on letting us know that we were a catch. Mm-hmm. My mom always used to be like, "You are devout. You don't have to conform to anybody." And I remember going through my moments in high school or junior high school when a girl yeah, broke my that's heart a hard and time. things happened. <laughs> and um, my mom being there and being one to be like, you know what I'm saying? No man to care about these little girls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You go and do what you got to do. And you and, and she always spoke power into me. Right. So that I never felt like I had to seek the approval of another young woman to feel better about myself. My mom really spoke. And, and you know, they say your mom is a boy's always your first crush. Mm-hmm. Right. But my, I always went to my, my mom always spoke power in me mm-hmm. and always made me feel like I was good enough on my own mm-hmm. so that didn't only help me with relationships that helped me with friend groups like mm-hmm. i never felt like i had to join a gang or right. be a part of this be group or be accepted somewhere. right i was a loner yeah like when we looked at the my high school yearbook mm-hmm. there was always groups of people you didn't see deval in any one group of anything you saw deval in this group here that, that group here because that was me too i didn't hang out with just this group and to feel right. accepted. I right. was fine comfortable walking alone. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah. And to this day, I feel like we are still the same way as yeah. individuals. Like Absolutely. neither one of us, for example, we moved to a new place. We're here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. We could easily assimilate into a particular clique or crowd because it right. is very clicky out right. here. And we're just kind of like, we're good, chilling over here in our corner. Just move, move on our own. <laughs> just move. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So let's talk about how to maintain your individuality how to maintain in relationships. Setting boundaries. Yes. Set boundaries. Healthy relationships rarely place importance on power and control. So set boundaries and setting boundaries should be an acceptable way to maintain your sense of individuality, Mm. which I said earlier. Mm -hmm. Boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously. Okay, Prentice Hemphill. Boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously. I love that. Wow. You know what? Remember we did the podcast, it was years ago. Prentice Hemphill, y'all. Rules are made to be broken, mm-hmm. right? And how you and I don't believe in setting rules, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think one of the listener letters were about is your spouse allowed to have friends of the opposite sex? Mm-hmm. And you and I both were like, what kind, like, what kind of relationship are you in where you have to set a boundary on who your spouse can be friends with? If you don't trust, who your spouse is going to be with, then why are they your spouse? Right. Right. Plus, no one wants to be confined to someone else's ideas of what's right or wrong. 
I have to set my own moral code. Mm -hmm. You have to set your own moral code. Mm -hmm. And if our moral codes align, then we can work well in life together. If they don't, we don't need to be together. But I'm not going to let you as an individual tell me how I'm supposed to behave. And I, as an individual, don't even feel the need. Right. I, Never, not ever. You just went away with your homegirl. Yes, I did. And y'all were posting pictures, mm -hmm. bikinis. And of course, I always get DMs from guys like, yo, your girl out here spread out. You know, you let your girl go away with her friend. Like, they could be doing anything. And I'm just like, there are people out here who really feel like your your significant other should not spend any time away with you, whether it's with Ridiculous. the same sex or different sex. Ridiculous. And no, last but, time I check, I got one daddy. No, you Morris got, and Joseph. You definitely got two daddies. Oh, I have one dad. <laughs> definitely got you have you have one father. But <laughs> father. I'm definitely your daddy. Okay, daddy. <laughs> okay, but daddy. No, but, no, but in a more serious note, every though, time I hear daddy, I'm like, granddaddy. <laughs> this is your granddaddy. Shout out to the man's. Shout out to the man's. <laughs> Love them. But um, I really cannot, and and I was like, I would like, I, cause I don't open DMs often. But I open. I said, what do you mean? Like, like, can you explain it to her? It? It was just like, nah, yo, this is his voice in my mind. In your mind, nah, yo, my girl not going on vacation with another woman taking bikini pics. So then my response was, do you want her to go on vacation with another guy to take bikini pics? No, nah, she not going on vacation with nobody else. Period. Oh wow! Oh, wow! So it had nothing to do with. The, the sex or whoever the other person is, you mm -hmm. just want to have so much control, control over, over your girl. Woman. Girl, run for the hills. Who is he? Right? And I'm Give just like, and I'm like, dude, do you have a girl? Right? Yeah, we've been together for three years. I said, cool. Does your it girl, work for I asked, I said, your girl only goes where you want her to go. And he said, yes. Oh. And I said, so you only go where your girl wants you to go. He said, nah, that's different. Oh, said, come oh. on now. So Conversation done. So I, so I get it. Control. I, I get it now. He it's wanted control. And it's control. He wanted to and I, I can't. I couldn't understand it until he described it that way. And I said, what it really is is control. Insecurities. And then I, we, had, we had a back and forth. I said, let me, what's your girl's IG? Right? So he sends me his girl's IG. Very attractive woman. Mm -hmm. Right? If you ask me, she's dating down. Mm. Okay? And I saw where the insecurity comes from. Yes. He's afraid that she can go find someone better, better or quote unquote, more handsome right based mm -hmm. on his own insecurity mm -hmm. right so in order to control or, or protect himself it's i gotta put these boundaries so right. that she doesn't do it. and i'm like let me not expose her too much to the world because something might happen meanwhile my husband over here paid for my airfare <laughs> booked the photographer and was like have a good time Be because i can't Kids control, control i can't control what that. you do either way mm-hmm if I keep you in this house. Nor do you want to. I don't want to. Right. But imagine I kept you in this house and you can't leave. Then I go to work. You know what you're going to do? Call somebody over here when I'm not home. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Like, you, you really. There's a will, there's a way. You can't Nowadays, control what somebody it. does. Like, you just can't. Like, I just, I love, to me, the greatest feeling is knowing that the person that's next to me chooses me. Wants to me. be here. And you're going to say that. That's here. it. Yes. Like, that you want to be. That's the greatest feeling. Yep. Not obligated. Like, I just, I love that feeling. So same, same. I, I understand that about, about boundaries. and, and Absolutely. Setting stuff. boundaries. That was the main one on top. Uh, maintaining interests that are important to you before becoming involved in your relationship. So keeping up with those same things you like to do yes. or used to like to do. Yes. Don't stop them. Yes. Don't stop them. Keep up with friendships that are important to you when you were single. Yes. 
How many times have we seen two, for example, two girlfriends or a group of girlfriends, say there's three, four of them, and then they all hang in, they canoodle mm -hmm. in, they're single, everyone's having a grand old time. Somebody finds a man. It's a boyfriend. It's a rap. Somebody finds a man. Then all of a sudden, you know, shit is very awkward. There's a little bit of tension. Mm -hmm. You know, she she does. She's forgot about it. She's forgot about us. She's different. She she's different. acting different. She different. She's all into her man. And then it's just like, how well, well, how is she supposed to be if she has a man now? Now, now. However, oh sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. However, you found a man that's cute and all, but you still had your girlfriends you were hanging with before that. Yes. So how are we gonna divvy up that time? So now that was the, the big thing is the time, giving up the time, right? Mm -hmm. When y'all all single, you have nothing but time to spend with each other. Yes. But now when you guys are, are planning a girl's trip and she's dating someone, there may be a conflict of time if she had a, a trip or something planned with her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you always have to choose your boyfriend. But now when you're in a relationship and you're being deliberate about your own time, you're going to have to take a little bit of time from some other places. And I think a lot of times your friend, friends groups forget that, especially if they're not in a relationship. It's like, mm -hmm. what do you mean you can't come? Mm -hmm. Or you got to check in? Mm -hmm. It's not about checking in. It's about maybe we had plans or maybe we're starting to get to learn each other. So we're investing more time, free time with each other and not with you. Right. Or maybe but, I'm trying to be a responsible partner <laughs> and just let someone know about safety right. and... But, Those things. But that doesn't mean you can no longer spend time with your friends groups. I still go out with my guys. Absolutely. I still, if before COVID, still went on guide trips. I encourage we that. We still go out and get drinks. When my friends come into town, we still go out and do all of the same things that we used to do. Now, there is a respect factor there, mm -hmm. right? When I was single, when I was single, we would go to the strip club. We would go to the club and it'd be a different type of mingling. Now, when we go, they already know. And when you have good friends groups, mm -hmm. they know where you are in your life. Yes. So my friends groups don't ever hit me up now and be like, yo, we going to the strip club. Because your friends know your boundaries. They know they my respect it. Exactly. And they also know, listen, DeVal can't be seen at the strip club right now. Like he's married. He's a public figure. Like he just can't be in a strip club acting crazy. Mm -hmm. That's just not what he's about. Yo, let's go to a lounge. Mm -hmm. That don't mean that we don't spend time, but it's also your friends group understands that, yo, he's in a different place in his life. He's not single. Not spending y'all three a different type of time. Exactly. Y'all three go to strip club when it's just y'all. Mm -hmm. But when y'all go into a lounge, hit me. And don't be afraid to alter plans to include <clears throat> said friend who may be in a relationship. Right. Also, that decision to not go to strip clubs never came from Kadeen saying you can't go to strip clubs because... I used to still go to strip clubs. I just and not, I still I don't, don't like, have a problem with it. You know, to be honest. I just if he told me he was going tonight, I'd be like, "All right, have fun. Take the I'm podcast just not a strip, too." Yeah, I'm not a strip club <laughs> guy. Like, right. Me and Kay used to go to strip clubs together, mm -hmm. and it was fun during that time and where we were in our life. But now, at you know, yeah. I'm just not, just not into it. Like that's yeah, just not neither my thing. one of us really. Right. So, mm -hmm. and then to piggyback, then the last statement was um, to support your partner in maintaining those friendships that are important to him or her before knowing you. Exactly. That's yep. why Kadeen will always. If she's going on a girl's trip, she's going to do something. I'm always like, all right, just let me know when I got to get the kids or mm -hmm. let's figure out planning for parenting when you're not here. But there's never a point where it's like, you're my wife now. You can only do these things. Right. It's just never been that for us. Nope. It shouldn't be for anyone. Mm -mm. A partnership that is healthy enough to support your individuality will include the following. A high level of trust, mutual respect, and friendship. Check. Check. Um. Plenty of room for each person to maintain their individuality. Each person allows the other as much space as they need. Check. 
ways to help make it safe for each partner to increase their sense of intimacy and vulnerability. Let's talk about that. Mm. Ways to make it safe for that. each partner. To ways to help it. Ways to help make it safe for each partner to increase their sense of intimacy and vulnerability. This is what's important to me, right? When you're getting to know someone in the beginning of the relationship, intimacy and vulnerability is probably minimal. Because mm -hmm. when you don't really know someone, how can you be intimate? Right. Y'all may have sex, right. but you may not be intimate, yes. right? And you may talk about stuff, but you still may not be vulnerable because you have a guard up. Right. But increasing intimacy and vulnerability has less to do with the physical, the physical act of sex and more about the openness to be who you are and say what you need. And, and being comfortable to be received that way. Yes. Yes. So intimacy, for example, we joke about this all the time, is my wife comes out of the shower. She doesn't have makeup on. She puts on her bonnet. And she still comes in the room and lays on my chest. And she feels comfortable being her most authentic self around me. That, to me, is intimacy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That, to me, is being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Right? Even when you have sex. Imagine you meet a, a girl. She don't ever take a shower by her house because she knows she don't want to take that makeup off. She don't ever take her wig off. And y'all come <laughs> over and y'all have sex consistently in a full head of wig and a full face of makeup. That's not intimate to me. Mm -hmm. That's the physical act of having sex. Mm -hmm. Same thing for a dude. Right? Dude don't ever come by you unless he got the line up with the Beijing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He got his beard enhancements in. Little topic. You know what I'm saying? Little like, wow. Because <laughs> guys got their tricks they do too. I you know understand. What I'm we got our Or too. he may be bald and he don't ever take his hat off around you. Even, even when y'all have sex, he keep on his socks and his hat. Because he don't got the fresh balls. Because he don't, he don't got the fresh balls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? His feet may not be done. Like dudes have their things they do too. They keeping the socks on? Keep, keep it, you got to keep, keep it. your feet fucked up. Keep your <laughs> socks on in that woman house. All right, don't you don't you let them dogs out. <laughs> don't let the dogs out when you first met her. But when you intimate, you intimate, socks come off. You be vulnerable in these toes. You know what I'm saying? The hat Ugh. come off. You ain't got no line up. The baldy ain't, ain't shining on the side. It's kind of dull on the side, but it's shiny at the top. You got the cul-de-sac. That's intimacy. When you when a chick lets you smash That's vulnerability. and she got on her bonnet and you got the cul-de-sac rocking. <laughs> That's that's simultaneously. Like, yes, we like let's do it together, baby. They let's love do it each together other. because they, they love each other. And she may have one. a cul-de-sac too. Some of y'all women be having cul-de-sacs under there. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Live in the cul-de-sac. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I can't even laugh. In the sack with the cul-de-sac. In the sack. In the sack with the cul-de-sac. Hey, you know what I'm saying? In the sack with, with the cul-de-sac. Cul I say in the sack with the cul-de-sac. Hey, in the sack with the cul-de-sac. in the sack. Just I'll grow up. Grow I'm, up. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> grow up. All right. We got three more. Right. Ways of developing closer intimacy at times while maintaining strong individuality at other times. Find ways of developing closer intimacy at some time. You know how we did that? We traveled together. Yes. Okay. Sorry. It? I reread that real quick. Yes. So yes, I, that's, a, that's a wonderful way for us. We to, traveled. Everybody knows that that's when I come alive that's when you open when up I the travel flower. when i am out escaping. Bomb, firefly burning low i don't know the last word take me high yes that's you travel you yeah i love that i love travel so that's when i become alive so yes we have learned a lot more and got closer in those moments but no um, together the reason why i brought up traveling is because changing your environment mm -hmm. 
allows you to become more vulnerable because this is something you guys get to experience together for the first time. Mm-hmm. But also uh, shows your individuality. You're traveling, you get to show what you like while also listening to what she likes. Mm. And you get to see each other in different environments. Yeah, seeing so, what brings the person, makes the person yes, alive, what makes the person yes, take, what makes yes. you know them get that sparkle in their eye. It's always mm-hmm. nice to you know find moments like that. Mm-hmm. Like as much as I know DeVal for years, there's always these moments that happen every now and again where I'm just like, oh, like yeah, yeah. I can see that twinkle in his eye depending on what's happening. I like those moments. I take that little twinkle, put it in my pocket <laughs> for a rainy day. Boundaries which are comfortable for both partners around critical issues such as sex, finances, and other family members. Mm-hmm. Well, this is important because um, All the as Kadena and I have too. talked about, Sheesh. when you're first dating and you're meeting people, you you meet their representative. But when you start talking about sex, finances, and family members, now this comes down to the root of who the people are. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? What type of sex you like, how much sex you require, how much money you spend. Yep. What do you know about financial acumen? What are yeah. your business goals and ventures? Um, what kind of family were you raised in? How does your family communicate? What mm-hmm. is your religion, your political views? These are things that you don't have to lose yourself, but discuss this with your partner to say, oh, that's how you that's how you view things. This mm-hmm. is how I view things. You know, let's see if we can work this together without yes. changing who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of people have issues when it comes to this, even with like things like religion. How mm-hmm. are we going to raise our kids if we have different, different religious religions, views yeah. or different political views? You know, yeah. so um, it's important to share those things. And the last thing is mutual sharing, give and take trade offs and occasional can, okay, occasional sacrifices for the other. That talks about being of service. Mm-hmm. You know, when you um, give and takes trade off sacrifices. Yeah. When you decide that you want to be a spouse you ultimately decide for a lifelong journey of servitude, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to serve this person, but I'm not going to lose myself while serving this person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to serve this person through the lens of still being the best version of myself I can be. If me serving this person means I have to lose who I am, you're, not doing, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, it's like how much does this cost? Is this relationship going to cost me? <laughs> I'm not gonna say it right now. I'm gonna say it later. For but me, it's it. the, for me, it's the moments of when I see that twinkle in his eye. Yeah, it like just, he yeah. has the moment of truth. It just y'all. came to me. That's the moment of truth. <laughs> I'm gonna keep that locked in. Sounds good to me. All right. So I think that's a good point. Point in the show where we could take a quick break mm-hmm. and get into listening letters, and wow, pay some bills, it. and do all those things. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this, Nier, yes, Nier, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online.
There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a Black-led brand, we make room for another Black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of Black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, we're back with Listener Letters. All right, Devalis, I'm going to allow you to go first today, babe. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes. Is it because I'm an individual today? Uh, maybe. <laughs> right. We'll roll with it. All right. I love your podcast so, so much. Thank you so much. You guys have given me so many different viewpoints to look at different situations from, there are situations from, and I appreciate the vulnerability you guys show us to start conversations or at least thinking on our own. We See, appreciate that's the point you. Of the that's podcast. the whole point. I love that. That's the whole point. Love that. So there's so here's my complaint. LOL. <laughs> oh, complaints. I got married at 22 years old and became a mom at 23. My husband, five years older, is my longtime friend from the block. Okay. I always knew he liked me, but always played games because I knew he wasn't exactly what I wanted at that time. We got married because he asked, and I really didn't think he was serious. Wow. That's what happens when you're young. Mm-hmm. Let's get married. All right, nigga, come on. Oh, he was joking. <laughs> now we married with a baby. What the fuck did I do? No. <laughs> he was a nice breath of fresh air from the guys I used to deal with. But about six months into the marriage, I started telling myself that the very reason I didn't want to be with him is because he's boring. Mm. We don't do anything. We don't go anywhere. Even to watch a movie at home, he's falling asleep while we're watching. Anytime I voice my complaint, 
gets fixed for a day and then back to the same mold. That's typically how it works. Mm -hmm. He also is very unmotivated, a dreamer, I would say. He talks about owning a media company mm -hmm. and having a comic book series, but the last time I saw him write anything was back in 2019. Ooh. Right now, we're staying at my sister's due to financial reason, and all he does every day after his shift at work is play video games till wee hours in the morning. My thing is, I know now that getting married so young was silly, and now that it's going to be five years later, a lot for me has changed as of what I want for my life, and for him, everything seems hunky-dory. Like, I mean, the man expects me while being a stay-at-home mom and a full-time student to find him a higher-paying job and apply to it for him. I barely knew myself before I got married, and now that I'm getting to know me and being a mom, I feel like I have to literally build him from the bottom up while he just mm. sits around and plays video games. He's a good dad, very affectionate, and I love those qualities. However, those qualities aren't sustainable to have a quality life. Well, to be honest, it don't seem like neither one of y'all niggas is doing anything to have a stable <laughs> quality life. Like, she's a stay-at-home mom and in no, school. No, but she's in school full-time. Maybe she's, because she's younger. So, remember, she's working to get herself together. She's 22. She's 28. Wait. They got married at 23. No, he's she, 28. I got no. married at 22 and he got became married a mom at 23. And became mom at 23. And he's five years older. Than and me. now they've been married for how long? No, it's five years later. Where did she say that? Down here. My thing is, I know that getting married so young was silly, and now it's going to be five years later. Oh, okay. So she my 20, bad. She's 28 okay. years yes, old. Yes, yes, yes. I see. Oh. Still in school? What school you was in school for? From 28, from 18. What going mm. to school? What school you go to school for for 10 years? Maybe she went Medicine? Back. Medicine? She might, she might be a doctor. A All right, so let me not say she might be being a doctor. My thing is, oftentimes people don't realize that you are the same person that you married. Mm -hmm. And everything that you complain about, you are as well. But she says, I don't want to leave, but I don't know if I'm walking away too soon. Help. Here's the truth. They got married and, and did this stuff young. Even the way she said they got married was a problem. I thought he was joking. Yeah. He said, let's get married. I said, yeah. Then before I knew it, I was married. Right. With so kid. there was no intention behind either no. of them really wanting right. to be married. Also, too, she said the last time she saw him write something was back in 2019. I wonder if he's in like a little COVID rut. Like a lot of people were in that pandemic Space of where they got really lax and, and okay, look at me trying to give the benefit of the doubt. Nah, son, listen, listen. Okay, we about honesty around here. All right, go right? ahead, go ahead, be honest then. Yes, people get in COVID ruts, right? But also, people become COVID millionaires. Oh, A lot of people true. pivoted and created businesses during that time. And there are a lot of multi millionaires who were created during times of recession. Mm -hmm. Every time something happens bad, people think it affects everybody the same way. No, it doesn't affect everybody the same way. People who are creative and can find ways to make money do. People who don't, can't. And they use that as an excuse. Mm -hmm. That's just my perspective. I'm not trying to blame anybody, but I, at some point, we have to be accountable for what we have and don't have in life, right? If, if COVID was a thing, everybody would have got broke during COVID, but that didn't happen. Some people were able to find ways to make revenue because they put their time and energy in. Right. It doesn't seem like he has energy. He has time. That's, that's my point. But he don't got no energy. He don't got no energy. For, except for video games. You playing video games to wee hours in the morning, but you want to write comic books. You ain't write a goddamn comic book. <laughs> right. That ain't got nothing to do with COVID. <laughs> right. Nothing. You could have made a comic book about COVID. That's very true. And use your media company to promote the comic book. You see what I'm saying? Bro. Like, if we're if we going to be honest with people, we, we can't just be be kind and say what's nice in order to make them feel good. You have to be 
accountable, dude. I like, understand. He I has to be accountable. The time frame and was just wondering, you know, not everybody handled the pandemic the same way. So. I got you. Mm -hmm. But I think they both need to be accountable. Mm -hmm. He do not need to be playing video games. First of all, you living with your sister-in-law, that's energy you wasting. <laughs> All right, you could be doing something else better with your time rather than wasting the energy. You, you know how much that is in the electricity bill? <laughs> you sitting up playing video games three hours in the morning? That's number one. Her, she said she's a stay-at-home mom. She got one child and she's in school, right? The least you can do since you're at home and he's obviously working is help him apply for other jobs that pay higher. Mm -hmm. What else you got to do? It would have to be working together. It seems like That's they both are point. just not on the same accord altogether because you see what i'm saying she probably feels like bro i want to see you take the initiative to get up and apply for these jobs yes and probably just like well sis you better at writing essays and whatnot so, so then do it upload and my resume they should both be sitting in front of the laptop yes searching for the job yes and applying together yes there's no one person yes. to blame both of y'all gotta do in better in front of the computer and guys you into all your classes after studying your dark hello <laughs> hello yes. There, there was no, there was never there a was point. Really never an excuse. There was never in a point in our relationship that where I was fact. just working on something and you was looking at me saying, "Well, you no, you was just like, babe, if you're gonna do that, why don't you do this?" Oh, perfect example. Speaking about individuality, right? When you were working at the hot zone mm -hmm. and you had to go to these events, who took you? You did. Me. I was working, right? Mm -hmm. When your cameraman was late, who stood in line and was elbowing all these other people to make sure you had the space? You did. I did, right? Perfect. When, when you I was started building your company. My, I, when I started <laughs> yes. my company, who helped me with registration? I sure did. All right, then. That's part of, that is part of being married but being an individual. When my married individual is working on something, I should be of service to them to help them be better. It's only going to benefit both of y'all in the long run. Period. Period. That's it. You ain't writing no comic books. You playing video games? Come on, son. Nah. I ain't nah nah. You don't get a you don't get a pass. It and I ain't you ain't getting the COVID pass neither. No. I'm tired of COVID. Our furniture ain't come here for eleven months. <laughs> they said it's cause of COVID. I went to get my car. They telling me it's delayed three months. It's cause of COVID. <laughs> I didn't know cars could get COVID. It's, it's walking in airbeds until we get our shit. Right? Yo, like I'm just I'm tired of having everybody using COVID as an excuse. Like, come on, y'all. We gotta at some point get it together. And that is a fact. I'm sorry, I just kind of lost it there because our furniture ain't coming. We moved last year, and my furniture still ain't coming. I'm kind of pissed. You like, you know, but that ain't had nothing to do. Forget with them. the damn kitchen table. We gonna use this folding <laughs> Yo, table for the rest for real. of our lives. These kids trash everything anyway, so whatever. All right, on to the second one. Hey, Kadena Deval, I love your podcast and look forward to the weekly episode drop every Wednesday morning. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm writing today to ask you about your decision to relocate to Atlanta. Me, my husband, and our two boys, age two and five, four months currently live in Philadelphia, PA, and we've been here for 10 plus years. As our boys grow to be school aged, we're giving more thought to where we want to buy a nice single family home and settle our roots. I have a good amount of family in Atlanta and have been thinking about moving down there ever since I left to go to college. We think the time is finally right and we are planning to make the next move to Atlanta within the next year. Can you please talk about the factors that led you to deciding to relocate to Atlanta? What types of changes your lifestyles have experienced your lifestyle has experienced with the move any challenges to read this is the podcast in itself mm -hmm. yes um any challenges to relocating and what considerations you weighed in making your decision and choosing your home thank you for taking the time to respond hope to see you both in a live show Ooh. live show baby oh yeah we got yeah live now. show coming baby august y'all already know what time live is did you get your tickets podcast. did you get your tickets someday did you go to get your tickets someday tickets soon now 
all right, girl. So it's funny because I think a couple of people, when I had asked about just suggestions for podcast topics, things people wanted to hear about, a lot of people did mention our relocation. So maybe we will dedicate an episode to this yes. because this episode will get lengthy if we go through everything. Um, however, loosely speaking, Deval and I just knew that we were outgrowing Brooklyn in general mm -hmm. in terms of what we were going to get in terms of the, uh, property for our money space. Mm -hmm. um, we also knew that we wanted to experience a little bit of what it was like to live on the West Coast, hence our move from New York to California. Um, unfortunately, we moved and then the pandemic hit six, mm -hmm. six months later, so we never really got to get the full feeling of what it was like to live in L.A. and experience it in, in its entirety while mm -hmm. the country was open because everything was closed. Um, but then also, too, as time continued to pass, we just kind of always had that feeling would end up back east. Yeah. And Atlanta was always on our radar. It actually was going to be between California and Atlanta from the initial move to yeah. Brooklyn. But we both kind of felt like we'd be remiss if we did not at least experience a little bit of, of California right. life. Um, so as time began to pass and money and rent was you know Ridiculous. super high, um, we just knew it was time to purchase something and finally settle somewhere because as the kids are young, it's great that your kids are only two and four months because they won't mm -hmm. really remember much of this. But like Jackson, who was of school age in school, I didn't mm -hmm. want to have to uproot him too many times moving around. So um, did my research, was on the market for a house in Atlanta, connected with an amazing realtor. Um, shout out to Ariane Ellsbury, my dear Ariane. Um, and she connected us to just, you know, what life would have been like in Atlanta in terms of the, the, the real estate uh, market. Then and, that's, that's important to talk and that's about. Important. Property value and the trend of the market so if you're buying a home how much bang you get for your buck and if you will build equity over time living in that home yeah so for example if you're living in new york right now you're not gaining as much equity living in that place because it's overcrowded but if you move to a place like atlanta right now from last year to this year the property value over 12 months has gone i think up 100k on properties that we were looking at between six and seven hundred K for your, yeah. your mom and dad. Yeah. So I feel like now now would not necessarily be the best time it's to purchase market. because it's yeah, a seller's market. It's a seller's market. Um so you're not gonna get the most that you can for it. And you have to look um, at trends over a long period of time, right. not just in the immediate right, you know, right, right. Short term. And a lot of it too was just us wanting to have well, home base for the children, having more space as our family continued to grow. Proximity to other family members for help. Mm -hmm. Our village is important to us. Yep. So being back east was important because majority pretty much all of Devout's families mm -hmm. in New York still we have some family in Virginia, I have some in Florida. So mm -hmm. this seemed like a good midway point for everyone to access mm -hmm. us easily if we needed to. Um, and also, most important was early childhood education. I was like, just going to say yeah. that um, the biggest factor now, once we knew we wanted to move to Georgia, it's like, okay, what areas do we move into that are going to be, you know, safe, that are going to have great schools if we decide to go public? Like, those are the things that you want to also take into consideration when you have children. And the most important thing as, as a man and a provider was my earning potential living where I live. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I always did a cost analysis of how much money can I earn as opposed to how much money will it cost me to live there. Mm -hmm. So if we move to L.A., if I can earn more money and the cost of living is higher, it made sense. But if I'm moving to L.A. and I'm making the same money that I make somewhere else, but the cost of living is higher, I'm not moving exactly. to L.A. Exactly. You know, if I move to Atlanta and I can make more money in Atlanta and the cost of living is cheaper, 
it made more sense for it us. It just made so much sense you know? for us. Think about just even the <clears throat> podcast. We're able to produce the podcast in home. That saved us a lot with studio time. You know, we just get our crew in here. We have mm-hmm. we're all pretty much like a family now. Our lifestyle and the, the the house that we're in affords us the opportunity to be able to work out of our home. Yes, have our staff stay with us sometimes. I don't even like to call them staff. Our crew have our yeah. crew stay with us, and then also have my parents here as well to help right. with the children. Um, in terms of lifestyle, Deval and I used to go out a lot more. Of course, when we lived in New York, because we had our friends and family nearby. We're not out in the scene as much down here in Atlanta by mm-hmm. choice. But if we do decide that we want to have people hang out, we have mm-hmm. the space to be able to have people over, entertain, have a good mm-hmm. time, and um, you know, still be able to enjoy that since we have we're such big family people. Ultimately, do a cost analysis of everything that's important to you in your life. If it makes sense for you to move and you can make money and live the type of lifestyle you want to live, that's where you should be. It really yep. comes down to if you can sustain the lifestyle you want living wherever you want. For Kadeen and I, Brooklyn was just not it. We both wanted to do TV film. The majority of things that happen in film happen in L.A. Mm-hmm. TV is a big space in New York, but cost of living in New York and the space for the kids was ridiculous. Plus, mm-hmm. when we were looking at early childhood education, private school was the best way to go in New York unless you were zoned for the right public school. Kadeem was fighting was for the right public school spots. Oh. And, and the public schools for each age group changed, which were good. So imagine having four boys and the middle school in this area is good, but the elementary school in this area is bad, but the high school in this one is good. So then Kadeem would have had to been juggling how to get our kids in each public high school at the right time to oh, meet their it, it educational so goals. so frustrating. So frustrating. So we decided to move down here. You pay more in taxes and... Yeah, you have better access or more access to better schools. Yeah. It works out that way. So good luck to y'all in your search, your quest to move out of Philadelphia um and if you end up in atlanta we welcome you all right so keep the listener letters coming in y'all we enjoy to hear we enjoy hearing from you email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com that's d-e-a-d-a-s-s-a-d-v-i-c-e at gmail.com all right are you chomping at the bits to tell us your moment of truth sir um if i'm being completely honest we talk so much that i forgot <laughs> you forgot your no, moment no, of truth. No, 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 well, we did talk about a lot here today. I think um, we covered so many pieces. You remember? Okay. I remember now. Yes. Do not lose yourself in an attempt to be of service to your spouse. Mm. We always talk about being of service, but you cannot be of service to a detriment to you and be a, a detriment to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can do both. You can be of service to your spouse. And keep your individuality. And don't let people tell you that that's not possible. Uh, Yeah. Because it is absolutely possible to get everything you want out of your own life and still be of service to the person that you love with all your heart. I'm a walking testament to that. I am selfish when it comes to getting everything I want out of life. You can ask Kadeem. I don't don't submit or be complacent with anything. If I want it, I'm going to go get it. I'm also the same way with being of service to my wife. If she wants it or needs it, I'm going to go get it. (laughs) You can do both. They do not have to be mutually exclusive. I love that. (laughs) Yes. Me warm and fuzzy. That made me me winking at you, right? Yeah, I got really hot when I heard you say that. You see that? Yeah. (laughs) You're so stupid. (laughs) You're so stupid. You know, my moment of truth, I am going to dial it back to the good homie, Prentice Hemphill. Who said? There There you go, Prentice. 
boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and love me simultaneously. That's deep. That's, That's deep. It. Drops mic. That's deep. That's it. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for being a listener. I don't know if I've thanked you this season yet, but thank you. And be sure to follow us on social media. I got to thank you before I ask you to follow me, right? You see how I did that? <laughs> follow us on social media at Deadass the Podcast. I'm Kadena. I am. And I am Devout. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. That I am. Deadass, y'all. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.